the people who work in the prison system would have another, and I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. And welcome to the Doing Time Show. I'm Peter. Um, and Marissa's in the studio. It's a big shout out to Robert. He's probably listening, I hope so. And yeah, so this is 3CR Community Radio. And as Peter said, it's the Doing Time Show. And the website for 3CR, there's live streaming, www.3cr.org.au. Now, before we actually talk about the show um, and what's coming up, we just wanted to formally thank everybody that has donated to um, 3CR Radiothon. And we specifically, we'd like to thank people that have donated to the Do and Time show. We actually met our target. And, um, yeah, thank you very much indeed for that. It's approximately 4.01. And... Coming up on the show today is a broadcast on the intervention. And let me explain what that means. Ten years of Australia's shame. Ten years ago, the Howard government imposed the Northern Territory intervention on thousands of Aboriginal people. In the absence of prior consultation, the Commonwealth imposed income management, seized control of Aboriginal lands and suspended the Racial Discrimination Act. And on this 10th anniversary of John Howard's announcement of the intervention, it is timely for all Australians to reflect on our brothers and sisters in the Northern Territory. Together we must fight for their choices to be, voices to be heard and respected, Nicole Watson, um, who is an Aboriginal elder in the Northern Territory, said. So basically we're going to be hearing from some elders over in the Northern Territory there's um, been a number of events happening all over Australia, in particular Sydney and Melbourne. I think there's one coming up in Melbourne, which we'll talk about later. And, yeah, so we're going to be speaking first up with Dennis Eggington, who is actually from the Western Australia Aboriginal Legal Service, and he's the CEO there, and we're going to be... Um, sorry, the Executive Officer there, and we're going to be speaking to him about... Um, the consequences of the intervention. And then after that, we'll be crossing over to Northern Territory and having a look at what's been, what was being said on some of the panels over there. There was an, actually an, an event this weekend. And, and as, as I said, it is timely that we have this broadcast because often what tends to happen in the mainstream media is that you have um, tokenism, you have Aboriginal people that represent Indigenous communities saying that the intervention is wonderful, when in fact um, there are many, many things that need to be considered, including land grabs and um, incarceration. So, yeah, it's approximately 4.03 and, yeah, Peter, I believe you've got some music and yeah. um, we'll line up our first interview, which is Dennis Eggington. Bring down the covenant. The 7th Annual Melbourne Anarchist Book Fair is on Saturday, August the 12th from 10am to 6pm. The Book Fair showcases more than 40 stalls and a program of workshops. It's a great opportunity to be introduced to new ideas, to challenge your thinking and to meet with like-minded folk. It's free and we also provide free childcare. 
at the Brunswick Town Hall on Saturday, August the 12th from 10am till 6pm. Find out more at www.amelbournebookfair.org or find us on Facebook, the Melbourne Anarchist Book Fair. The Melbourne Anarchist Book Fair is a 3CR supporter. And that was um, Silent Screams by Bridget Handley, Handley from the Edge of Silent CD. Um, we'll just go to another announcement. Australia is a crime scene. It's unfinished business, this crime. People don't understand that it was a military exercise. It was military in the first fleet. It was Captain James Cook. It was Captain Arthur Phillip. Right through the history of Australia, it's a military exercise. Our people have suffered greatly because the white man is not prepared to act honourably and legally. It's still the case in this country today. This is 3CR. to be a film benefit for 3CR Radiothon, put on by the Sewer Show crew. Singer Aidan Moffat and friends travel Scotland, drinking in the roots of old folk tunes, featuring older balladeer Sheila Stewart, showing upstairs at 3CR at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, on Friday the 30th of June at 7pm sharp. Popcorn supplied. $10, $5 concession. All welcome. And you're with FreeCR 855 AM um, or www.freecr.org.au. Um, we'll just go to another track. We're trying to get on to the next interview. Um, this is Dan Strong by Young Warriors. And you're back with the doing. You're back with the doing time show. And on the, I'm sorry, we had some technical difficulties. But on the line, we have Dennis Eggington from the um, Western Australia um, Aboriginal Legal Service. Hello, Dennis. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's so lovely to have you, Peter, and I um, are here in the studio. How you going, Pete? Good. How are you? Yeah. Good, mate, and Maris, it's always, I'm always very honoured to come on the show and have a yarn with you, so it's great, it's it's a great network that we've got with our Indigenous radio, and mm. you mob do a wonderful, wonderful job, so I'm very honoured to be on. Thank you, and we're so happy to have you after a very long, long absence from our show. But Dennis, yeah. you are aware that it's the 10-year anniversary um, of the intervention, the so-called intervention, which now they're calling Stronger Futures. And as you're probably aware, 10 years ago, the government um, imposed the Northern Territory intervention along with some Dracanian laws. I'm wondering if you could just talk about that and, and maybe talk about what your view is and, you know, as an Indi- a First Nations person. Well, um, one thing is that the... 
social media has been very active in the last week or so. When I was, I was really um, enthused and happy to see that uh, lots of people, particularly Northern Territory mob, banding together and running different types of activities and and bringing a lot of attention on on um, the the terrible parts of the intervention. And um, when I say that, I'm probably struggling to find anything good about it. But um, I guess some communities got some things out of it in as far as infrastructure and a house or two and maybe some roads fixed up and stuff. But I was very happy to see that um, there's a, um, a, a national agenda about letting people know exactly what it's meant for those people living in the under the intervention and um, and um, and through that process the world will know what um, John Howard and his government and successive governments have done to have done to those people in the Northern Territory uh, I mean I would think that most of the uh, communities now that have uh, the, the the cashless cards um, um, that grew out of the intervention, so so there's lots of these horrible little 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 creatures that have come from the intervention. So yeah, look, I um, I'm yeah I'm truly well aware of it. Ten years seem to have gone that, that quick. Um, it's unbelievable that it was ten years ago. Uh, so um, you know, my personal opinion was, and um, I remember for the first three or four years, I had um, grown men, grown men walk to me and say, I need to see you, brother. I need to talk to you. And I said, what's wrong? And they said, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian man, but I pray to God. And why did he, why did he, why did he bring me onto this earth as a black man to suffer all of this criticism and be made out that I'm a pedophile and that I mess with kids? Time and time again, I had so many different Aboriginal men come into me. So the intervention... Um, while focused on the Northern Territory, had a devastating effect on on our men who were all labelled by society as being child abusers, women bashers and pedophiles. And, um, you know, that's so far from the truth. I, I would have thought bringing in doctors and nurses and teachers and counsellors and all those sorts of professional support that our communities need would have been much better than rolling the bloody army in there and um, building fences around um, managers or the, you know, intervention managers' homes and all kinds of craziness. And it'll be interesting to see the snapshot on what the Territory is like after 10 years and what, um, what if any, effect, um, positive effects the interventions had, Marissa and Pete. Yeah, I mean... From what I have seen and from what some a lot of the elders that I've spoken to over the years, and I've done some quite extensive interviewing, not just um, on this show, but I used to also do the Current Affairs breakfast show on 3CR. And yep. I'm sorry, but I there, there don't seem to be very many positives, Dennis. I mean, from what I have heard from Aboriginal people, they feel that it's been an invasion um, in terms of the fact that there's been incarceration, youth detention, child removal, suicide, self-harms increased at quite an alarming rate. 
and there's also been a lot of defunding and closure, hasn't there, of their of, of the lands and Aboriginal people having to be moved to towns because you know they've been kicked off their land because of the the lack of the, all the all the government funding that's been taken away. It's a mess. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Your your you know your observation and what people are telling you is exactly what. Um, I've been hearing. I've been to the Territory a number of times um, and, of course, um, uh, there was a time where I had, you know, at our national legal service meetings, we were getting information directly from people in the Northern Territory and it wasn't just, just the people who had to line up in special lines and feel really alienated in their own country and discriminated against to to get groceries and living um, stuff. But, uh, you know, the growing numbers of, of Wadjulas, non-Aboriginal people that were walking around in the big towns with little black kids. So, you know, it, it was a grab on our land, a grab on our kids. And, um, you know, it's it's I, I liken it to a war crime. And I think yeah. that... Um, I think that uh, John Howard... Um, the minister of the day, I forget his name at the moment. Um, uh, Malcolm Turnbull? No, no, no not Malcolm Turnbull. The, the, the minister for Aboriginal Affairs, Mel, um, uh, Mel Bruff. Mel That's Bruff. right, yeah, yeah. And uh, some of those departmental I people um, yeah. who, and, you know, and I look, I'll, I'll say it how it is. I know that a lot of people were very upset about those people, the authors who wrote Little Children Are Sacred, whether they believe whether those authors have said recently that that wasn't the outcome they wanted. That's um, right. Uh, it's very, very naive to um, to think you can tell a story like that without having severe consequences. And, you know, the thing about it, uh, guys, and I, I, once again, I, I stand to be corrected, but I don't think there was any pedophile rings found no. and any any real evidence of widespread child, child sexual abuse um, that wouldn't be um, much more than what's in the normal community, which is totally unacceptable, but um, to to point to us and to try to convince the rest of Australia that we needed saving from ourselves is, um, is uh, in my books, um, a subtle form of genocide and a war crime as far as I'm concerned. Colonisation uh, as well, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, Pete, what was that? Oh, colonisation in business. Oh, absolutely, you know, and um, and we've, uh, you know, we're having a, deco- uh, we're having a symposium over here called um, uh, Decolonising uh, settler, settler Cities, and uh, when you see that going on, you think to yourself, you know, whether it's that or removal of Aboriginal people from their, from their um, outstations and countries, which you know, was mooted over here in WA, take the last lot of people who are living on country off their country. And, you know, it, it was almost like the late 1700s and early 1800s was where people were just totally disregarding us as a people and hell-bent on getting their hands on, on the last lot of Aboriginal-held land and resources. And, you know, that... Um, I think uh, the guy that did Utopia... Um, so I'm having some terrible blanks today, Melissa. That's so okay. Sorry, no, no. Um, I know it's a grand, yeah. grand, grand moment for me, but 
Yeah. You know, the reason why we why we invited you, Dennis, on, onto the show is because we felt it was important to speak to somebody that, um, like a, an Aboriginal person that hadn't gone through the intervention in the Northern Territory, but just to get your perspective on it. You, and, and basically this, this whole colonisation process, as Peter said, is an intervention, isn't it? You know? Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's 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 genocide, and um, it's genocide, absolutely. And, and it's genocide. It's it's um, uh, the the UN recognises now that when when someone tries to completely take someone's culture away, yeah, um, and this was a finding from the war in the Balkans, where um, where one side had all of their um, Museums and all of their libraries and all of their history eroded through through burning and bombing. Um, that was regarded as genocide. So you know, taking our land, our our sacred sites where we practice our religious beliefs, um, removing us from country so culture becomes very difficult to continue. That's um, right. If you're removed from your own place, you know, start smashing your languages up, and you know, you've you've got genocide and. Um, the you know taking people, removing people from their hometowns, the intervention yeah. and all those are, are a form of of the most severe type of colonisation. You know you can colonise someone's mind, but when you're actually taking them out of their cultural well-being and and taking them off country is a is, is a terrible terrible thing. Absolutely, I mean it was you know it's, it's meant to be based on protection of women and children. But most of the the billion dollar focus has basically been towards punitive and paternalistic bureaucracies. And let me tell you this, Dennis. Look, I've had um, people that that are not allowed in my home. I won't allow people in my home who are going to make racist and derogatory comments about Aboriginal people. And I actually had one such person recently tell me that um, we civilised Aboriginal people. And I told him that he was on stolen land and, and, and to get out of my home. I won't well, allow that well type done. of behaviour. Well, yeah. yeah, look, um, that, uh, that saddens me. But unfortunately, um, that particular person is still in the majority. And that's what Absolutely. the part for us is to is to win over 51% of the general population to understand and and have a, a, a real to educate. empathy yeah. and, 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 and educate people because, um, you know, uh, when we were practising some of the earliest forms of, of religious beliefs and um, we were living... Um, I, don't, I don't ever pretend that we lived in a... Sure. Egalitarian utopia. There's no way that that, that was happening. But um, we uh, we weren't pillaging and murdering and and raping people. And we, you know, we we didn't have a dark ages that we had to come out of. We had an enlightened age from the very beginning. And and um, the sad thing for me is that what the intervention does and what uh, colonisation does, it stops you from from living. And you and you then go into surviving. And surviving is not living. No. The day you stop surviving is the day that you can start living again. And, um, you know, it's just uh, a terrible, terrible thing. But I, I will say that I, I think the intervention, while uh, you and I and lots of other people have not lived under the intervention, I think the intervention touched every single Aboriginal person in this country. Absolutely. Whether it was, whether it was those men coming into my office and crying that... Um, they were uh, on a daily basis scorned at, 
um, received, you know, the, the glaring eye as if to say, I'm watching you, or, you know, grab the little kids and cuddle them up when an Aboriginal man walked past. And seeing those little kids, um, even in on the Swan River over here, our Durbal Yurigan River on Noongar Budja, we, you know, um, a number of times we were fishing there with my nephews and my boys and, you know, seeing these families come past with little Noongar kids. And so I think the intervention, intervention has had a terrible detrimental effect on, on all Aboriginal people in this country and um, and I'm glad to be able to get on your program and say that. Dennis, thanks so much for, for coming onto the program. Peter, we have our next interview, do we, lined up? Uh, in five minutes. Yeah, okay, that that's great. Bye. Dennis, it's so lovely to have you on the program. And just a final sure. question. W- would you say that um, Aboriginal deaths in custody have increased since the intervention? Um, uh, well, look, look, they certainly haven't. The numbers of Aboriginal people dying in custody haven't really stopped. No. But I think, I think what's happened is that... Um, uh, a lot more people are self-harming and suiciding and, um, you know, if, if you understand the nature of oppression, then once people get to that level of being so downtrodden and oppressed, and I, and I don't want to sound like that that's what we are because we're not, but no. we're not pacifists in this, what's no, going no. on, you know, we're, we're fighters and we're tough and stuff, but, you know, for every person like who's who's doing it and making it and and giving it back to the to the systems and to the white fellows, I see twenty more people living hard in the parks, doing it really tough, and on a daily basis are struggling with um, addictions, mental health, and stuff like that. So, look, I just think that oppression is starting to take that circle, and that's what we've got to do. Some of our own some of our own healing in, in our own ways because um, the, the self-harm and the suicide and yep. the addiction stuff is really about the oppressor stepping out of this situation, allowing people to internalise that oppression. And, and um, you know, we don't get a chance to talk about that or understand it because it's, you know, it's all mind stuff. But, you know, I think That's right. that, um, I think that um, uh, the only time that deaths in custody will go down is when when this country stops bloody locking us up to the great extent they do, you know, from socially constructed crime, from um, from uh, um, punitive types of uh, mm. regimes, mandatory sentencing, or That's you know, right. um, and the intervention which catches people up who are doing things which the white fellow says you're not to do. So, yeah, look, uh, we've got a long way to go, but we are survivors, and there's lots of. Lots of good things happening and lots of strong That's people. Right. And I think, I think the focus on the intervention will once again bring out a strength of character and our humanity and our humility will will take front stage again. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm proud to see our people like that. Me too, Dennis. Thank you so much for for coming on, and I'm sure we'll have you back shortly for future updates. Anyway, thanks so much, and keep up the no, good work. Any time. Yeah. See you, Pete. See you, Marisha. Thanks take so care. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was Dennis Eington, um, Chief Executive Officer of the WA Aboriginal Legal Service, um, speaking about the 10-year anniversary of the intervention, along with many other very important aspects of what's been happening to Aboriginal people. I'm just going to announcement. Yep.
Hi, I'm Nova Paris and you're listening to 3CR. Be proud, be strong. You have a smile that brings a tear to my eye. And you're with 3 Um And yeah, we're going to be speaking now with um, with Dylan Buller um, about the intervention and some of the panels that have been happening over the Northern Territory. Hello, Dylan. It's Marissa and Peter. Welcome to the program. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. How are you going? Hi, Dylan. How yeah, are you? good. So you, five minutes up. This is, this is going to be a pretty short interview, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dylan, I'm wondering if you could just tell us briefly what land you're from. Um, I'm from South Australia, Nutton Jerry Tribe, um, but I currently live here on Arundelan in Batua, Alice Springs. Okay. So mm. can you tell us a little bit about the, the 10-year anniversary, you know, what's what people have experienced um, with the intervention and talk about some of the speakers that happened on the panels there? Uh, yeah, so like people with the, in the intervention, the Indigenous people here in Alice Springs have suffered a lot with... Uh, basic rights with managing their money. They've been placed on basic cards, which we call the racist card down here. Um, they've had signs put up in the front of their town camps saying no alcohol, no pornography, uh, no sound like So it's pretty much stereotype labelling. Um, mm. And in the juvenile incarceration, I mean, since the intervention, I don't know what part it does, but since the intervention has come in, it's been about 20% rise in youth detention. Um, the suicide rates for young Indigenous people have risen. And yeah, so over the weekend we've had a few panels on basic cards on um, juvenile justice, which was run and justice itself run by myself and Vicky Roach. We had a few MLPs, like we had the independent uh, member for Northern Boy, Mark Yalabor. 
from Nolamboy up in the top end. Uh, it was all put together by the Intervention Fallback Action Group and Arnie Barbshaw. Oh, Arnie Barb was there, was she? Yeah, Arnie Barbshaw was helping put it together. She's one of the ones that have been fighting since day one for the Intervention. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Dylan, I'm I'm pretty certain, you probably don't remember me, but I'm pretty certain that I interviewed you with a whole bunch of elders one time on Breakfast Show. Uh, yeah, it does it's okay. It's it's I just know your voice. So Dylan, what what were the main issues that came out of the panel that do you think from, from what do you what do you, you know the main things? I guess the stereotypes of you know, how the government labels all Aboriginal men as pedophiles and mm. all Aboriginal people as alcoholics and, you know, stuff like that and putting on a basic card and taking the assets away from country, you know, um, putting alcohol restrictions on country. I mean, not all Aboriginal persons are alcoholic. There's Aboriginal people that are high up in businesses and they're full-time workers and they can't take a six-pack back to their country and relax yeah. and have a six-pack because of that stereotype that the government has put on us. That's exactly right. So I believe your your battery is going to go flat any minute, huh? Oh, it's on twenty percent of the race. Yeah, go a little bit. Yeah. And what about some of the some of the Aboriginal women? Were, were there? I know there was Vicky Roach. Were, were there other speakers? Oh, uh, yeah. There's, there's a wonderful line of strong Aboriginal men uh, and, and yeah. women here down here. I mean, uh, some local owner woman, Alison Furbo, got up and spoke. She was really good. She Nana Doreen McCormack, um, Elaine Peckham. Um, Pamela Lynch. That's so, good. Yeah, there was a whole variety, and it was really good. It was really good uh, lineup. Yeah, that that's fantastic. And what would you say um, was the feeling around um, community and land closures there? Could you please repeat that? What What was the feeling around um, the land closures and the, and the closures of some of the outstations over there? What was What was the opinion there? Yeah, well, you can see the uh, emotion on the elders' faces, and you know, like, um, they really disgusted, I guess, like what they said, there's too much money getting put into new courthouses and stuff like that when it could be put in, being put into that, that land and putting a um, healing centre out there for young people and mm-hmm. putting the young people back out on land and collecting them to culture. It's, it's, it's not appropriate, really, and... Uh, you know, a lot of you know, there's domestic violence everywhere. It's not just it's not it's not just Aboriginal communities. There's domestic violence that exists everywhere. Exactly. I mean, you turn on the TV, and all you see on the news every day is probably a domestic violence cause or another woman lost to domestic violence, and and it's not just in communities. It's in the suburbs of Sydney, the suburbs of Brisbane, and all those big other cities as well. Absolutely. Dylan, do you have any final comments to add to, towards this this topic? Um, I guess is that it's been a good weekend. Everyone's united together against the intervention and hopefully the statement that uh, we've all come up with to put up to the government, the government takes into account and actions on it. Absolutely. And what sort of action would do they want the government to take? Um, well, to listen to the elders a bit more and consult with them instead of telling us how we, how we live our life and telling us what to do. Mm. Have that, listen to the elders and get a bit of insight. Yeah, and stop mining uranium as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's approximately 4.39 and you're um, listening to an interview with Dylan um, from Alice Springs, although he lived in South Australia. Yeah, well, Dylan, thank you so much for, for coming onto the 
the program and we just want to give a shout out to all the um, the, the strong warriors that, that came and spoke on these panels because it can't be easy, all this stuff coming up. I suppose one last thing I wanted to say as well is that it appears that Aboriginal people were not even consulted about this and that the army just and the police just came and invaded, similar to 1788. Yeah, that, that they came and invaded, similar to 1788. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, Dylan, thanks so much. It sounds like your reception is going, so um, thank you very much um, for coming on. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. And you're, um, you're with 3CR Community Radio doing Time Show, and that was an interview with um, Dylan Voller. Um, from Alice Springs speaking about some of the issues that came out of the panels um, that and events that happened in the Northern Territory in Alice Springs in regards to this. Um, so, yeah, it's there's, there's a lot going on, isn't there, Peter, really? Yeah. Did you want to announce some of those songs that, that you've put on and all the flurry? We, that kind of got a bit lost, didn't it? Oh, no, we uh, announced nearly everything. Oh, good, good. Oh, sorry. We announced nearly everything. Um, I might put that song on again, The Lonely Boys. Yeah, they're quite a, a, a uh, good Aboriginal band and it'll, it'll be good to put that on so that listeners can, can hear the whole song yeah, from Arnhem Land. Do that now. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Australia is a crime scene. It's unfinished business, this crime. People don't understand that it was a military exercise. It was military in the first fleet. It was Captain James Cook. It was Captain Arthur Phillip. Right through the history of Australia, it's a military exercise. Our people have suffered greatly because the white man is not prepared to act honourably and legally. It's still the case in this country today. This is 3CR. And you're back with the Doin' Time show. It's approximately 4.47 and um, we don't have much time left for our show, but we'd like to thank our guests for coming on, that being Dennis Eggington and Dylan Vula, um, to speak about the intervention today. Um, we may have Dylan back on another show at some stage. So, yeah, um, just wanted to read out a quick article and do a little bit of a... Um, an article about the right-wing protest that happened yesterday um, and there were counter-anti-racist protesters as well. So this is a little bit of just part of an article from The Age. A knife and a knuckle buster were confiscated at opposing right-wing and anti-racist rallies held in Melbourne on Sunday. Victoria Police deployed hundreds of police to calm tensions between the groups. And 
it, it basically talks about the fact that protesters gather at Parliament House and um, the the Northwest Metro Commander Russell Barrett said one man was arrested for possession of a weapon and another man was held in custody for breach of the peace. Police were forced to deploy capsicum spray when a group of protesters attempted to breach a police line, he said. And, yeah, this was a true blue rally. rally. Paramedics treated four people for exposure to capsicum spray outside Greek restaurant Stalakitis. An anti-racist protester, Sue Munro, said police moved on their group as they were attempting to veer away from a large group of far-right protesters. And we tried to retreat, she says, and the cops just started spraying us. We did nothing to provoke this. And Miss Munro said about 50 police descended on their group, spraying about 10 to 15 people. The True Blue Crew organised march began with a rally on the steps of Parliament as left-wing protesters from No Room for Racism held a counter-protest at the same location. And Commander Barrett said he was disappointed the protesters hid their faces behind masks despite assuring police they did not want to cause trouble. He welcomed proposed changes to law, to law flagged last month that would ban protesters from covering their faces. Now, the Doing Time show has actually done a lot of extensive coverage about this protest bill and that's coming through, and the Age newspaper just does not really um, understand that um, masks are actually put on, put on for artistic reasons and also because sometimes people's faces uh, do need to be hidden due to psychological profiling um, that's deployed by the federal police. And so, the, um, the fascists. And the fascists as well, know you know, for safety. People are. Exactly. So this article, while um, it included a quote um, from a protester um, about the capsicum spray, has absolutely no idea of some of the impacts that this bill is going to do. So just to continue on very quickly, another quote from police. We were disappointed that a number of protesters chose to wear facial coverings and question why they felt the need to hide their faces he said, and given the confrontational behaviour of some protesters, we're pleased that no police or members of the public were injured. So basically, you know, the, the, the coverage around the mainstream media emphasised a lot of the violence but didn't actually talk a lot about the fact that fascism and um, right-wing groups such as True Blue and United Patriot Front, who I believe were also there, is because of um, economic, um, economic oppression. The fact that, um, you know, when the economy goes down, that's when the right-wingers come out and that's when the, when the far right-wing rises and, you know, we need to actually stop that. Mm. It's approximately 4.50 or 4.51, I believe, and we're nearing the end of our show. And, yeah, just to, to let you know that there's quite a number – there's another event coming up in Melbourne. Um, I actually – can't find it right now, to be honest. Um, but it's an elders talk that's that's happening um, in Melbourne. That's organised, being organised by Concerned Australians. Um, so do Google Concerned Australians um, and see where that where that elders talk is. It's this Thursday, the 29th of June, and that's going to be happening in the city. And um, it's also going to be speaking about the intervention. I believe that Jeff McMullen is actually going to be coordinating. That panel, and and I think Jeff McMullen also coordinated that um, in the Northern Territory as well. So yeah, um, and there's um uh, the 
Beyond the Buzz is coming up um, June the 3rd. It's the first live to air from one of the prisons. I, can't, I haven't got a... Yeah, um, we'll, have to, we'll, we'll announce that next week, actually, mm. Peter. Thank you for drawing attention to listeners for that because NAIDOC week is coming up. It's not, it's not that long away. You know, it's uh, it, it's a, a, a time to actually celebrate um, and honour um, Aboriginal culture and there are quite a few differing perspectives about NAIDOC week and on, at 3CR every year there's always um, live prison broadcasts from within um, all the, the prisons in Victoria. So, um, so look out for that. And yeah, it's approximately four fifty-three. <laughs> and uh, just very quickly, also um, to, to just a, another one more thing about the the intervention. They also had um, an event in Sydney, and we may actually, if we can, um, air some audio um, for that. Yeah. Um, and about that. So there were quite a number of speakers. At, at that event and and there was also a rally after that. We felt that it was important to um, do a special broadcast today on the intervention to, to talk about that and, and look at look at various parts of Australia and speak to elders from various parts of Australia to um to, to look at that. We might get Vicky on next week. Vicky Roach, I'm not sure. What yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. But but definitely there's there's quite a lot um, happening there. Mm. Um, are there any other announcements to do with Radiothon, Peter, that we uh, could put we on? Um, in, um, um in total hasn't raised their target yet. Yes, okay. And so if you want to donate, just go to ring 94198377 and... Um, yeah, yeah, and you can. It's not too late to pay. No. Um, the tax deductible donations you've got to pay before the thirtieth of June, so that you can get that tax deductible. But even then, uh, after that, you you can still pay if you haven't. And um, again, I still really like to again formally thank all our our um, people that donated, all the listeners that donated to the Do and Time Show. It it was yeah. such a wonderful thing um, to have those donations so that we can keep the show on air. And, and in fact, you know, this show is doesn't have a, a lot of um, – how do I say this? It's the prison, the prison complex, the prison show is not in some ways a very trendy topic. There are a lot of people that don't like to talk about prisons. So it's always really heartening um, when people do donate and – and, and contribute. So thank you very, very much for that. So if you wanted to smash, if you if you like into smashing the state, you have to smash prisons as well. Yeah, and we need communities, <laughs> not prisons, don't we? Yeah. Um. So in a sec, we're going to be going out with our um, theme song, Black Fella, White Fella. But just just before we do, um, just to quickly say that. Um, with with the Sydney with the, the Sydney event, um, we're hoping to bring you some some audio about that. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> so it's goodbye from Marissa and Peter, and we'll go to an um, announcement and then. Yeah, I did say it, but I was actually just wanted to expand on that. I was just stirring it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So um, yeah, all good.
and we'll see you next week. Tune in at the same time every Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. PM for the Do and Time show. And um, Beyond Zero is coming up next. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Nova Paris, and you're listening to 3CR. Be proud, be strong. You have a smile that brings a tear to my eye. 